Welcome to the Beach Bucket Podcast, coming to you from Ocean City, New Jersey, where we talk about all things Jersey Shore and interview local business owners, luminaries, and legends. And as always, discuss our favorite local restaurants and who's got the best slice, the best cup of coffee, and breakfast on the island. So get comfortable and welcome to this episode of the Beach Bucket Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Beach Bucket Podcast. Today I'm talking with Brian Hartley, Vice President of Playlands Castaway Cove, the oldest amusement park in Ocean City, New Jersey. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Thanks for having me. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Castaway Cove. How long have you been there? Uh, I have been here since 1992. So this is going to be my 32nd summer, which seems crazy. But uh, we're going to go at it again this year and hope for another successful season. Now, how did you get involved? So my family started working here over the years, really back from the 60s, just part-time in the summertime. My aunts, uncles, my father worked for the phone company. So during some of the strike years with the phone company, uh, he worked here during the summertime. And it just kind of became a family affair. My uncle was a school teacher. He worked here doing maintenance and some light work in the summertime. So when my sister and I turned 14, we applied for positions, and uh, I've been here really ever since. Now, did you start working as a a ride operator? Yeah, so back then, 14- and 15-year-olds were able to work a few uh, rides. Basically, they were non-mechanical rides. We had a train crosser. We had a small bounce house. We have the super slide, which we still have. And we had a ball crawl, which is kind of like one of those ball things you would see at uh, McDonald's playgrounds and Chick-fil-A and things like that. So those were really the four rides that we were able to work until you turned 16 years old. And then you could really work any ride that was here because with the laws, you were then able to work uh, the mechanical rides. So I started doing that, started doing some cleanup in the mornings over the years, came, you know, sweeping around the park. Uh, doing some light greasing on some rides and then eventually worked my way up to assisting with the manager that was doing all the hiring, scheduling and training. And then after he left in 2001, I was able to take over for that position and have been kind of doing that ever since. That's great. So you literally worked your way up to vice president. I have done every job here from scrubbing toilets and sweeping to, uh, you know, making the big decisions on uh, what's going on for next year and helping make decisions on what rides we're going to purchase and dealing with the state of New Jersey, payroll, scheduling, hiring. Yeah, kind of dabble in everything. Now, let me ask you, do you try out most of the rides? Yeah, I'm kind of known as the guinea pig when we go to the trade show. I'm the guy that gets thrown on the rides and has to kind of report back to Scott, the owner, of you know, what I think. Uh, we've been talking about maybe in the next year or two, maybe taking the kids uh, down to the trade show and having them try out some of this stuff as well. Because obviously on some of the kiddie rides, you know, an adult reaction isn't really the same as the kids. So it's always a good way. We see a lot of other families that are down there and you kind of get a unique perspective when you can put kids on there and get their reaction of what they think. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been, I mean, I traveled around the country when we were looking at the Gale Force, trying to decide what we wanted to do. And we went to different parks and road rides and looked at them, you know, discussed maintenance and good things and bad things so that we could really come up with a good comprehensive coaster that would work for us and be exciting for the general public. 
that's kind of got to be a fun job. It is fun. Uh, you know, back then I was uh, single, had a little more time to travel. You know, now with four kids, it's a little different. It's a little harder when you go to the trade shows, leaving the wife and kids behind. But it is exciting, you know, seeing what's out there. It really is amazing how much the technology has changed over the last 30 years and what they're able to do now and compared to back then with a lot of the safety mechanisms and everything else. So it's, it's exciting. It's a constantly evolving business. Now, what is your kid's favorite ride? So lately, uh, they've really started to get into the alien abduction and the tidal wave seem to be the two rides that they enjoy the most. They're starting to get a little bit older, a little bit more adventurous. It's funny how we see kids today really seem to grow out of the kiddie rides at a much smaller age and really graduate to some of the bigger rides, uh, the roller coasters that we offer and some of the other cool rides. But, uh, you know, their screen machine used to be their favorite ride when they were three, four or five years old. Now they're six and seven, they're moving up. You know, they really enjoy the wild waves, the tidal wave and the alien abduction. They talk about constantly all winter about how they like to stick to the wall and go around super fast. So it's pretty funny to listen to them. And they, they absolutely love it. My one son, he tries to ride it over and over. We have to force him to take a break uh, just to try to keep him from getting sick or spaced out. I love but he'd that. Ride it, he'd ride it continuously if we let him. I love that. And I love the swings. You got to love the swings. Yeah, definitely. The swings is a great, great family ride. Um, you know, my wife doesn't enjoy that too much. So I usually get stuck having to go on that with them when they want to go. Now, I love that Playlands Castaway Cove has both the thrill rides and the family fun rides. So there's something for everyone. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is really finding a balance. Uh, like I said, you know, that smaller age group has become more adventurous and they're kind of graduating from the kiddie rides up. So, you know, we, we try to keep a balance um, for the small kids, you know, the infants and toddlers, all the way up to the parents and the adults, because we, we get that mixture of all age groups coming in here and even the grandparents. So, you know, we have great family rides like the train, the merry-go-round, our beach buggy rides. Those are three rides for the smaller kids that the, the families really seem to enjoy to ride, you know, all the way up to the thrill rides with the gale force and the wild waves and uh, the squadron 33, which was newer a couple of years ago. So it's, it's really important to strike a balance for all the age groups because, you know, we have such a, a wide range of customer base that comes here that uh, without that, it, it would be a struggle. And we're different than a lot of other parks. You know, we're a seashore resort, which makes it really hard because we have limited space. So I know a lot of people talk about how it gets crowded. There's not a lot of room to move around sometimes. But, you know, we're trying to, to put as much in here as we can to give you as much bang for your buck when you're here. You know, we're not a great adventure. We might have the same amount of rides as Great Adventure. They're spaced out. We, we've got to fit it all into this small park. So we're trying to put as much in here and give as much uh, diversity as we can for our customers. Now, you have over 30 rides, which is pretty impressive considering the amount of space you're working with. Yeah, that's correct. And every time we try to swap something out and upgrade, which we're constantly trying to do, trying to bring in new rides, keep things fresh so that it gives people something exciting to look forward to each season. Um, but it's not easy because, again, you know, you, you look for a new ride. It might not fit with what you're looking to take out. So then it involves moving and shuffling a couple rides here or there, which makes it difficult. But uh, we're always looking at new stuff and always trying to, to keep things fresh. What does it take getting ready for the summer to open up? It's a lot of work. There's a lot of people that think we kind of close up in October and we just kind of pack up and disappear for a couple of months. And that's certainly not the case. We have a full-time crew of 18 people that are here year-round between mechanics, 
management. And, uh, you know, we have a, a variety of different things here besides just rides. We have two miniature golf courses. We have go-karts. We have Kreps Pizza. We have Dairy Queen. So it takes a, a full staff of people to do that. Our maintenance guys work all winter just tearing things apart, repacking bearings, greasing things, painting, fixing things up for next year. You know, we have a rigorous inspection system that we go through and checklist each winter to keep things going, making sure everything's been checked and safe and ready to go for the following season. So there's really no downtime other than about two, two and a half weeks after Christmas time where everybody's off. But other than that, we're here all the time. You know, it's constantly ordering parts and, and just like I said, reworking different rides every year. You know, we're picking different rides to, to do more and more stuff on. But there's a, there's a list that goes on every single year of things that have to be done to keep these things going. It's not like we can just, you know, shrink wrap them outside and say, great, and come back and turn the light switch on, you know, the following spring and say we're good to go. It, it takes every bit of winter. And when Easter is earlier, it's harder because you have a much shorter time frame. So um, this year, Palm Sunday weekend is April 1st. That's when we'll open up. So really, we're about two weeks at this point from trying to start putting rides back outside and start setting up for the season. Now, you talked a little bit about concessions. What concessions are available at the park? So in our food stand in the middle of the park right now, we offer Dippin' Dots. We have Dairy Queen. We offer soft pretzels, uh, cotton candy, popcorn, and nachos. And then hopefully sometime this summer, we'll get our building back open on the front of the boardwalk. And up front there, we'll have our arcade, which we'll have again. Um, Dippin' Dots up front, we'll have a full Dairy Queen back on the boardwalk at some point. And then we have a new tenant that's going to be hopefully moving into the other store for Hammer Construction now that uh, Frank is retired. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we have a lot to offer. You know, obviously all sorts of soda, Coke products, and different things like that. But, uh, you know, what we don't offer here, a lot of people offer out on the boardwalk. It's competitive because there's so many different things that people can get up here on the boardwalk. So we try to keep it a little different here in the park that uh, you can't just get up there. Now, you've started the hiring process, I'm sure. Yes, we have. We started doing interviews two weeks ago. We hired about 15 kids, and we actually have another round of interviews going tomorrow. And then at the end of the month, we start uh, what I'll call our job fair circuit. We start uh, with Ocean City uh, on Friday at the end of the month. And then we have mainland the following week. We go to Great uh, Great Egg Harbor, ACIT. So it's, uh, you know, every year we're looking to hire about 40 to 50 new kids. Between that and the ones that we have coming back and then a handful of international students, that's really what makes up our staff for the season of anywhere between 250 to 300 kids. Wow, that's a lot of employees to, to manage over the course of a summer. Yeah, it definitely is. It's a full-time uh, gig in the spring. It's exhausting at times because, you know, when we're trying to train the kids, it's uh, it's a difficult training process because they don't get out of school till three o'clock. We're open on the weekends. So we're doing a lot of training after school till about nine at night. Um, you know, and the biggest thing is, is safety. We want to stress that. So we try to get them in here, try to give them as much as we can, and we want them running the ride. So we're trying to give them some time to operate. And then, uh, you know, when we do hire them, they come in. They don't go to work right away by themselves. They work with other operators from previous seasons on a ride, so they're never alone until they can kind of get their feet wet. So it's a, we have a, a whole plan that really has worked out well for years, and uh, safety is number one, so that's our biggest priority. Of course. Now, when you train a kid, are they, are they working on the same ride consistently, or do you switch them around? How does that work? 
Yeah, we switch them around to try to keep them fresh. So a lot of the rides are similar with the safety aspects. It's just more of the startup operation on the ride that might be a little different. But the, the safety aspects are really similar from ride to ride. So that's the thing that we stress the most and that uh, you know goes with you as you move around. But when we do the initial training, they'll learn about seven or eight of the basic kitty rides. And like I said, they'll go to work. And they'll work with other operators for hours and hours and hours before they're ever put out a couple of weeks later on their own. But even then, we have uh, 12 full-time mechanics that are around, plus myself and two other managers. So we're always out there with them, always working with them, making sure that, you know, should they have any questions, any issues, they all know, you know, to go ahead and ask. They, they shouldn't have to worry about that. So it's... Uh, it's a lot in the spring. It's it's every year. It's kind of I kind of equated to teaching. You know, every year we kind of go through the same routine, but it's just a new class. So we we've kind of got it down to a science on how we do it and our approach. It seems to work. But again, uh, like like the rides, we're always trying to to change that up. You know, each generation learns differently and uh, you know has different things. Back in my day, we didn't have cell phones and distractions, so now that things like that have to be implemented in your training plan and how to handle that. So it's always changing. Technology makes it uh, easier to do some of the things. So you know, we provide them with as much information as we can. So far, it's worked out well. And what are you looking for in an employee? Well, we're really in the customer service industry here, so that's our number one thing. We need kids to can uh, communicate. And that's been one of the biggest problems lately, to be honest with you, is a lot of kids struggle with communication skills because they mainly communicate via text. They're not really having a lot of conversations one-on-one. So we we find that when we bring the kids in for an interview, uh, it's a struggle when they're sitting there, you know, a a 14 to 16-year-old kid talking to a couple adults and trying to have a conversation. Most of them don't have any job experience, so this is gonna be their first job. So we're really asking them a lot about themselves, what their interests are, what they enjoy, uh, and it's sometimes it's it's like pulling teeth from them. It's difficult, not easy. Uh, other kids, you know, they're very outgoing, they have a lot of social skills, and that's really what we want. But we're looking for kids that are outgoing, kids that wanna learn, and then sports plays a big role. You know, unfortunately, some, some kids play some sports that just aren't conducive to our schedule. Crew is really difficult because they're all on weekends. Football is really difficult because that starts up midsummer, and then again, it's a lot of nights and weekends in the fall, which is you know when we need a lot of kids because our college kids have left, our international kids are leaving. So you know, in our application process and the interview process, we try to to kind of pull that information out of them. You know, what is your availability, and and try to gauge their personalities. And you know, a lot of times it's great. You know, kids that maybe are a little quieter come here and because we have such a big staff they end up making a lot of friends and it kind of pulls them out of their shell and the, and you'll even talk to the parents as the summer goes on and say you know they really enjoyed it they made a lot of friends they really are more talkative now so it's it's really a great thing we have a lot of kids that meet each other and it's great to see them next uh, the following season because you find out that they've all been hanging out in groups because they met here all winter long, you know, whether just getting together on a weekend or they're, they're going someplace and hanging out or they're still communicating. So it's, it's exciting to see that. And now do you have good employee retention? Do kids tend to want to come back summer after summer? Yeah, we do. We're usually at about 80% each year. That's great. That's exciting. And a lot of the kids that, uh, that move on really are more college age kids that are graduating. You know, we have a lot of kids that are with us, five, six, seven years. But as they graduate from college, obviously it's time to kind of get out in the real world and look for a full-time job. And we totally get that. And we end up with a lot of people that are teachers as well. 
that have been with us that stay with us for even more years. They kind of move into either a management role or they work on our ticket boost as a cashier. So, I mean, we, we have some employees that have been with us 30, 40 years as well, working out there on rides or working in the ticket booths because their schedule fits. It, it's a natural fit between teaching in the winter and they're looking for a summer job, which is obviously when we need people. So um, we've been very fortunate that way. And we have a lot of older staff, you know, some retired people, which we absolutely love because their schedules are flexible. They're the kind of people that you can put on a ride and not have to worry about it. You know that they're going to do the job and, you know, you can kind of focus on some of the newer staff on some of the other rides. And in addition to having an amusement park and an arcade, you also have two 19-hole mini golf courses. Is that correct? Yeah. So we actually have three. We have uh, 19 holes at 9th Street, uh, Seaport Village, and then Golden Galleon has a north and a south side, and they each have 19 holes. So it's... uh, they're, they're a whole nother job you know, every day. I'm, I'm the guy that lays the carpets on the greens when we're redoing the carpets or redoing holes. So it's exciting. You know, we all have to multitask and get down there. But yeah, I mean, those, those properties open at nine o'clock in the morning every day and they're open till 11 at night. So, you know, there's always something going on here, basically seven days a week from Palm Sunday weekend, all the way through the mid middle of October. Now in January of 2021, there was a major fire at Castaway Cove. I want to talk a little bit about that and how that impacted the amusement park. What happened? Yeah, so we ended up, you know, after going through all the uh, insurance and and dealing with the ATF and everybody else that did the investigation, ended up being an electrical fire that started in the uh, front north corner of the building. Uh, Unfortunately, it really just devastated the entire building, which was our arcade our Dairy Queen, our one tenant, and all of our office space. So, you know, we were fortunate that we had uh, other office space here in the back of the park that we've been in ever since then. We've been working on trying to get the building going, Um, just hit some roadblocks that have just slowed things up, you know, COVID, materials, supply chains, um, dealing with the paperwork issues here in town, just with uh, trying to get on zoning and planning schedules and, and getting things lined up. But, uh, it's been a long process. Anybody that's been up here recently, you'll see that the skeleton of the building, the steel and the concrete is up. We're starting to work on uh, the interior and then trying to get the building kind of sealed up, get the roof on so we can really start to focus on the interior of the building. But in the meantime, you know, it's a lot of planning going in. That building was was old. It was from uh, World's Fair back in early 1940s. It was moved here. And, you know, unfortunately, new code has changed a lot of the way we've had to design this new building between fire sprinkler suppression systems and all sorts of other things that have to be done to meet the new code that we didn't have before. Um, I've just added cost and a lot of delays to the building. So we're hoping to have it finished sometime this summer. It's probably tracking right now, late July, early August. So we're excited about that. It, it, does make it a little difficult trying to hire because obviously, you know, the Dairy Queen it involves maybe a dozen people working up there. So it's hard to hire a dozen people in the beginning of the season and give them enough hours working in the back where there's not as much volume as there would be. But you have to plan ahead and you have to anticipate mm-hmm. that at some point that's going to open. And the same with the arcade. You know, you're going to be hiring people and maybe they're going to be working in the rides because, as we all know, you know, come late July, early August, there isn't exactly a ton of people knocking on the door looking for work at that point. Most people have already had their job and 
you're starting to lose your college kids. So we're going to have to, uh, you know, we're going to have to absorb that extra cost in payroll for the spring until we get to that point. But uh, hopefully we'll have those people in place and be able to hit the ground running. The, the building's exciting. Um, we're really looking forward to it. We've already ordered and have a lot of the games in storage. So, uh, you know, we've started working on as much as we can in, as far as uh, putting some things together in our warehouses. So that way, as soon as we're able to start moving stuff into the building, that will expedite that process and hopefully be able to get open even quicker. But, uh, you know, a lot's going to depend on weather in the next few months and, and supplies and all that. But uh, it's been a long, long process. That's for sure. It's sure. exhausting. Now, what was the impact on the amusement area? So the biggest impact on that was really that um, about seven rides were affected because the electric fed out of that building to those rides. So that was really our first thing that we did was to try to get the electric back to those rides and our food stand that ran from that building. So those rides didn't open until May of, uh, of 21. And those rides basically were the Ferris wheel, the Speedway, the Buccaneer, Double Shot, merry-go-round whirlwind bumper cars and then our food stand in the back all that in that vicinity of the back end of the building fed out of there so it took us uh, probably two months of just non-stop i mean long days long hours of trying to get that building built and then get all that wire fed back into that building get the final inspection and be able to get those rides turned on you know there wasn't much affected from the actual rides other than in the winter time we would store some things in there so we had stored our helicopter ride and our balloon ride in the building so that the vehicles for those were completely destroyed. We were fortunate that we had just bought a new helicopter ride uh, to replace the one. Mm-hmm. So we actually had that in storage from the summer before it came in. So that ride was you know, easily replaced with the new one. But the balloon ride, it took us an entire season to get the new vehicles for that. So we didn't have that for 21 and then uh, once we got the new balloon tubs, we actually ended up selling the ride and, and moving some things around to use that space a little differently. But uh, it, it took a lot of work because, again, a lot of those rides are really our most popular rides. You know, Ferris wheel and the double shot, you know, and bumper cars, they're, they're very, very popular rides. So our goal was to really make sure we, we got those things up and running before Memorial Day, before people really started to come down and, and notice an impact. So that was really goal number one. Uh, once the fire, once we were able to get in there, but it took us so long to be able to do anything until they finished their inspections and everything else um, that it just kept delaying it and delaying it. But uh, yeah, that was, that was goal number one. And, and we got it. Like I said, it was a lot of hard work, but uh, you know, we, we made it and got everything back up and running. Now I know you guys do a big ticket sale push over Christmas. How did that go? Yeah, it was good. I mean, we're seeing back to normal numbers and uh you know, we had a big lull, obviously, in 2020 and 21 with COVID. So, you know, that hurt. We had changed our hours. And, you know, obviously, the first year people had to wear masks. The next year it was back and forth, even though we were outside. And then in 2021, I mean, it was it was huge. That summer when everybody was able to get back out was crazy. Last year kind of leveled back off. But our numbers are, are right back where we want them to be. So we're excited about that. And that usually gives us a pretty good indication of what to expect for the next summer. We obviously have our next sale, which is really our big sale at Easter time. And that's April 1st to the 15th. And, uh, you know, we always encourage anybody to take take advantage of our ticket sales. They're 50% off. It's the best time of year to buy Christmas and Easter every year. Uh, that's really when you can save yourself a lot of money. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're judging our Christmas sale. We're expecting another great summer this year. 
Yeah, it was a great Christmas sale. I got tickets for my nephews over at Ocean City Coffee Company. And you also do really nice packages for groups and for birthday parties. Yeah, we've started that. We put out an email blast last week because we're limited because we're only open weekends in April, May, and September, October. So, you know, that's really the busy time of year. We've always seen that We have more and more parties, I think, in the spring and fall than we do all summer long, even though we're open seven days a week at that point, because I think it's easier. I know with my kids, you know, if you're if your child's having a birthday around then, it's easier to get invitations out to just send them to school and invite everybody rather than trying to get in touch with with everybody. And in the summer, everybody scatters. But we host a ton of groups, uh, a ton of fundraisers and things in the spring and summer. And we're, we're pretty jammed in the in the schedule. So anybody that wants to book something, I encourage you to reach out sooner rather than later because things will fill up. I don't have the information in front of me, but it like includes a slice of pizza, a drink, and like a an hour or two worth of rides. It's a really nice package. And I know you can go on your website. It's, I believe, oceancityfund.com. Yep, that's correct. You can go right online, click uh, group sales, and then there's a form online. You can submit your information with your your contact info and then what date you're looking for and what package. And yeah, we have packages that include uh, one or two hours of rides, either strictly rides or ones with food that come with the party area that we have for you and the hostess. Um, we offer extras, add-ons, you know, go-karts, miniature golf passes, if it's something they're interested in. And hopefully when we get the arcade going again, we'll be able to offer the arcade cards again as a, uh, as a bonus for that. But it's, it's really a good package. You know, if you're coming here with a group, it's a nice way to take advantage of it and get a little bit of a break as well. And it's also worth mentioning, if you're looking for a job at Playlands Castaway Cove, there's also a place where you can apply online at OceanCityFund.com. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we encourage everybody to go on there. Uh, I try to reach out to everybody within a day or two and try to schedule an interview and get that going. And like I said, we've already started interviewing. It's never too early to start. We want to try to lock in uh, lock in our staff as quickly as we can. And that's good for us. And it's good for them knowing that they don't have the stress of going out in the spring and looking. They've already got something that hopefully they'll enjoy for the summer. Well, before we wrap this up, I got a couple of uh, Ocean City food questions for you. Best slice of pizza sure. on the island. I mean, obviously, I'm biased. I have to say Preps Pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think Preps is great. Uh, I think it's the best pizza on the boardwalk. I, I also, in the wintertime, I really enjoy Pacini's Pizza. Uh, I like that wood taste to it. You know, they, they really do a great job there. Uh, you, you can't beat Pacini's, too. Yeah, I love Pacini's. How about uh, breakfast? Where do you go for breakfast? Varsity Inn and Hooked on Breakfast. They're definitely our top two go-to places for my wife and I when we go out either ourselves or take the kids. They, they both do a great job, love the menus, and uh, I know Varsity is under new ownership. I've heard great things, but uh, the old owners were fantastic. And again, same thing, Hooked on Breakfast. I went to uh, high school with Alicia and her husband who owned that, and they do a fabulous job, and they give back a lot to the community as well. So that's always a bonus. Those are the kind of people you really want to support. And where are you getting your seafood from? It's funny. I grew up here at the shore my whole life. I grew up in Summers Point. Now I live in Ocean City and I don't eat any seafood. Uh, (laughs) You know, we just, we never had it. My parents never made it. They never ate it. So you're an anomaly. 
yeah, we went to dinner last night. We had this conversation with the couple we went to dinner with. But, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people uh, go to Spatafores. I know that's their big place. And then the steamer place on 34th Street seems to really be uh, a top sales, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. A really good place that uh, they do it in that big steaming bucket and dump it out on a table. Uh, I've seen a lot of people doing that for their get-togethers in the summer. Uh, any other restaurants you want to mention on or off the island that are go-tos for you? Yeah, I mean, anytime we, we get subs, we love uh, Sacco Subs right there on Asbury Avenue. Always does a great job. And then on the boardwalk, you know, in the summertime, we're always looking for different things to eat because we're here six, seven days a week. So, some of the, you know, eating pizza every day kind of gets old. So, we're, we love the Hula Grill and Dell's up here on the boardwalk. They're kind of our go-to places for some, some good meals. Very nice. And when do you anticipate your next day off going to be? My next day off will be this weekend. I've got about two more weekends of uh, of days off. And then once we get to March, it, it starts to become six, seven days a week and longer days again. We start putting things up out in the park. We're starting to do hiring and job fairs and interviewing, and we'll start training. So definitely starts to get to be longer days. My wife uh, dreads this time of year. Basically, she knows that once we get to daylight savings time, I kind of disappear for a couple months. Are the kids excited? The kids are always excited. You know, they they love springtime. Uh, you know, I, I love daylight savings, that extra hour. Uh, when you have the daylight is, is really, for me, the best thing. But, uh, you know, we get calls. And it's, it's great to see people in the spring because they've gone six months without coming here to Ocean City. And people just love coming here. They love being up at the boardwalk. Even you get a nice day this time of year on a weekend. And, and it's packed up there. They just want to come to Ocean City. They love it. And as soon as some other things start to open in the spring, whether it's rides, you know, golf, go-karts, anything that gives them something else to do for the family, the kids really look forward to it. It's great to see the happiness on their faces when they're here. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast, Brian. You have a good one. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Brian.